Welcome to the Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast. Thomas Miller along with Robert Glasscock. We love hearing from you because it gives us some ideas of things to talk about that are are on your mind and things that you're struggling with or grappling through in the chart. And we had a question about an old episode that we did, extending it into new territory. Hi, Robert. Hi, Thomas. My name is Laura, and I recently came across one of the episodes that I thought were very interesting called PowerPoints in Astrology. During that episode, you started to touch on how planets stationing retrograde or direct might affect someone personally. And I was hoping you might be able to delve into that a bit further, specifically if somebody has a planet stationing direct uh, in Mercury or Mars or Venus, or conversely, if they have it stationing retrograde, how that might affect them. Thanks so much. Now, the episode that she was referring to was released on September 5th, 2022, and it was called PowerPoints in Astrology, Late or Early Degrees of a Sign. So that's if you'd like to go back and catch up with what she's talking about. Robert, it sounds here we talked about basically ingresses there. She's asking about stations when planets are also very powerful. Right, uh, and there are there is a difference between a planet a planet ingressing into a new sign like Pluto is doing. We just talked about in the previous podcast. Um, Mercury, for example, is is the one that everybody focuses on because it goes retrograde and direct more frequently. Uh, but any planet turning direct, making a direct station, it will do that in in one of the houses in your chart, depending on what planet is turning direct, uh, the energy of that planet. Some planets move much more slowly. If it's Pluto or it's even Saturn turning direct, even if that stationary direct does not make an exact aspect to one of your natal planets or points, like the Ascendant to the Midheaven, it still will be felt in the house matters where the planet is going direct. It's pretty simple. Planets turning direct, the message is go forward with everything involved in this house matter that has to do with this planet. So, for example, transiting Saturn is turning direct in your eighth house, let's say, but it doesn't make any aspects. Nonetheless, Saturn, its energy, is the structure of your life, the framework of your life. It rules the skeleton in the body, which, of course, supports all of the organs and the flesh and the tissues and so on, which would collapse into a puddle if we just had no skeleton. So Saturn in the eighth house, will, turning direct, will generally say, go forward with some significant financial matter that probably involves other people, such as banks, mortgage companies, lawyers' fees, taxes, those sorts of things. So uh, some important, probably joint financial matter or at your place of employment, some financial matter. For example, if your company is being bought out, doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be fired, but it does mean that there will be a major major structural change in how you earn your living because of the buyout. 
So it's true for any planet. Now, if it does make, if the planet turning, and conversely, if a planet is making a, a station retrograde in the same house, then the warning or the message is, Pay attention to these house matters because you've got some important details that need to be gone back over to make sure that every T is crossed and every I is dotted. So if you're thinking about making a major investment move or a major financial move or investing in something or making a major financial purchase that requires a loan and so on, if the planet is, is Saturn, let's say, going retrograde, it says, don't be too fast. You may, let's say you're thinking about buying a new car because your old car is, let's say, 10 years old. Well, <clears throat> buying a new car under, say, Saturn retrograde in the eighth, not such a good idea. It's, it can indicate two things. Hang on to your existing vehicle at least until Saturn goes direct in this house. Or it can say make repairs on your existing vehicle rather than buying a new vehicle. Repairs. Under retrogrades, you see rewords, R-E, revisit, revise, revamp, refine, and so on. Repair. Uh, and the other option would be uh, instead of buying a new car, if you're getting ready your old, buy a used car. Because of retrograde, you see, previously owned. So you can be, retrograde planets are meant to delay the matters that are ruled by the planet. And if, if for example, it's transiting Saturn in the eighth that's turning retrograde or direct, then look at the houses that Saturn because those house matters will also be involved in that station. So Saturn, for example, rules Capricorn and Aquarius, which most astrologers forget. It's the old Chaldean ruler of Aquarius. So you always consider Saturn as a co-ruler with Uranus of Aquarius. So I don't know if that gives you enough of a broad sense of what the differences are between a planet turning direct or a planet turning retrograde, if it's doing it in an exact aspect of one of the birth planets, then it becomes even more significant because it that that station directly touches one of your personal planets or points. You know, something straight out of the cookbook is that planets get stronger when they are stationing either to go retrograde or coming out of retrograde to go direct. And when they're on either the cusp of a house or a sign change, that the characteristics of that planet are amplified. I've kind of been watching that just in my own life, and that's not any broad stroke, but it's how it shows up for me. I don't know. Uh, you'd have a hard time convincing me of that. Oh, sometimes. Yeah, sure. Sometimes. But is that a broad stroke? It's all, that's all true. Okay. Uh, because the whole point of a station is to create emphasis on one degree and one house and the house that is ruled or houses that are ruled by that planet making the station. Each one of those conditions makes it stronger. If it's on an angle, it's stronger still. If it's an ingress at the same time that it's turning retrograde directions, it's even stronger still. It's a matter of emphasis. So when a planet turns stationary retrograde or stationary direct, depending on the planet, that retrograde will either last a long time, like with Pluto, or a very short time with Mercury. 
But nonetheless, the message is still the same for retrograde planets. Revisit this. Or if you're going forward with something, if it is something that you have done in the past or that involves people that you've worked with in the past or even people that you've been in a relationship with, either business or, or personal, in the past, because retrograde is always indicative of the past, the past. So sometimes returning to a place you visited, returning to a business partnership that maybe disbanded years ago, but now it's being revived, or even returning to a romantic relationship out of the past and so on. People visiting you from out of the past with retrogrades, people contacting you from out of the past and so on. So the emphasis is what's matter, uh, is what's important, I think, with these stations, because the, the planet transiting carries with it all of the associations of the house or houses that it rules, as well as the house that it's in when it forms the station, as well as any aspects it might make at that stationary degree. So you're going to be reading a lot more into it than just simply a planet turning retrograde. Now, in orary astrology, retrogrades absolutely are important in terms of the kinds of actions you take regarding the specific question. But in a nutshell, it's just a matter of emphasis. When something goes retrograde or direct, it's saying pay attention to this degree in this house. And if you're smart, you'll look at the degree and you'll look at the decanate of that degree because that decanate may be a sub-rulership, another sign. Let's say Saturn is turning, well, Saturn is going to turn retrograde at eight degrees Pisces here. Well, eight degrees Pisces is in the first decanate of Pisces, the first 10 degrees. That Those 10 degrees are ruled by Pisces. But the eighth degree is ruled by Gemini. So now suddenly you have another house in your chart, house matters, to pull into Saturn's turning retrograde at eight degrees Pisces. So you can begin to get into some very detailed and particular kinds of analysis as far as a person's situation by constantly taking into account those decanates and duads. And then we have to determine or analyze how it shows up in our life, right? So I wanted to look here at, I was just going back to a last big ingress into a new house. For me, that was Pluto, moved from the seventh house into the eighth house, Robert, at about the same time that you and I started this podcast. And at that same time, the sun was just about to enter. Uh, it was leaving Pisces, but about to transit through. And I know this is a much faster transit, the 10th house. So that to me gives quite a symbolism that not only this podcast would be about helping to transform, but also could be a viable commercial venture as well. Both. And you said the eighth house, right? Yes. Which is business partnerships. Correct. So joint ventures, you see. Yes. And what planet was it? Pluto. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's excellent. I have the chart up there if you can see it. Yeah, well, and look at the eighth house period. It's so loaded. Saturn, Venus, Mars, and Pluto, all of that. And that couldn't be, frankly, a better description, I think, for what we're doing. Saturn, Venus, and Mars, all in Aquarius, the sign of astrology, and the eighth of 
of transformation and Pluto adding its late-degree Capricorn energy to that, which is a business enterprise that is potentially capable of being extremely Pluto successful because Pluto sextiles the sun at the top of this chart. That's a really good aspect. I think we may, you and I may have looked at this privately before, but I've forgotten that we have. Because well, we, really, we yeah. have, but, you know, the other thing is, at the moment that we created this, the moment that I called you and we had that conversation, we weren't looking at this. So this is the thing about these subtleties in the chart, <laughs> that as we go back and look at the chart, then you realize, oh, wow, we were sitting on some really valuable real estate there. This is pretty cool. But it also didn't come down out of the sky in the form of a lightning bolt and strike us when we did this, right? So we have to be aware of the subtleties in our chart. That's the bottom line. Well, and you talk about PowerPoints, um, not the PowerPoint presentation, but we're talking about points of power in astrology. And to see this after the fact, after our phone call, and to look at this, that loaded 8th and ninth house, that's where all of the transiting planets were in your chart. Yeah, in my natal chart, which is and, in the in the show notes, by the way. The link to it is there so you can see it. And again, when you have a loaded ninth house like that in Pisces of spirituality, metaphysics, astrology as well, it co-rules this with, <clears throat> with Aquarius. But you've got a loaded ninth and tenth house here, or excuse me, eighth and ninth house which is all about communications, especially along Piscean matters, which is astrology and metaphysics and your energy healing work and so on that you do, as well as transforming, hopefully, the collective, because you've got those Aquarian planets over there in the eighth house. It is a, a business enterprise. And look but where we're not, we're not selling pet rocks, right? And look where Uranus is over there in the eleventh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Well, this is just an example of how it can show up in our life, and yet it is subtle. I mean, you have to be looking at these things, and that's why constantly staying familiar with your chart is so important. Check out the show notes for everything else going on related to the podcast and what Robert is doing, and our horary course and all of that in the show notes of the episode along with this chart so you can see what we were talking about thanks so much for listening we'll see you next time on old soul new soul astrology podcast with robert glasscock <music> <laughs>